And welcome to That Horrorcast. I'm Mallory Smart. And I'm Dmitry Samarov. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Jordan Peele's 2017 directorial debut, Get Out. In Get Out, a black photographer named Chris and his white girlfriend Rose have reached the Meet the Parents milestone of dating. So she invites him for a weekend getaway upstate to meet her mom and dad. At first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead to a truth that he never could have imagined. At which point, Chris realizes that it's time to get out. How's it going? It's good. Just slowly getting caffeinated, hating the internet. Well, not the internet, Instagram more specifically. You're just, hating it? Yeah. What's what's to hate on there? It's just not morning? working out. It's like glitching out on me. Oh. Oh. Well, it's saving you uh, from using it. See, I'm trying to post a book trailer for Baldwin House's latest book, and I'm just like, uh. motherfucker, like every other, I don't know, everywhere else has no issue with it, but yeah. I even trimmed it down to the amount because uh, it could only be sixty seconds. But yeah, uh. <laughs> like I see that it, it's like you know how it does like the circle where it's like almost there, almost there. Yeah, yeah, like, and then nope. it fails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that means too many people are uploading shit. Probably, you know. That's actually really funny. I was just listening to a podcast that was talking about how everyone's starting to hate Instagram. Finally. I know, finally. And it's interesting because no one knows where everyone's going to migrate to next. Well, they could try migrating to the fucking world. Back back outside. <laughs> you know, I feel like we could do that. But the younger generation, it's going to be a little, like, daunting on them, maybe. It's, it's going to be a new, exciting adventure. It's a, it'll be a place they've never been before. We, like, actually <laughs> give them regular cameras and shit, yeah. too. And be like, here, I did, take a no, picture. Like young, I know some young people really love, all, like, shit like, you know, like this fake retro Polaroid, like, Polaroids and stuff. Oh, I've seen people with that, yeah. Yeah, they like that because it's the opposite of... The ubiquity and the you know the endless, endlessly copyable thing that's a, a digital image like something on Instagram, mm. because Polaroid only makes one you know, mm-hmm. one print. Yep, well, they love like might have an old uh, one somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I guess somebody probably makes film for it. Um, I mean, the company is gone, but. Yeah, I the think there's company. a new one, because Urban Outfitters yeah. sells mm-hmm. cameras, so yeah. Yeah, so somebody s- sold them the the brand name, I guess. No, but I grew up for years seeing the bu- there's a building in Cambridge, Massachusetts, this Polar- where Polaroid was based. Mm. It was right on, the, right on the Charles River, kind of a distinctive building. Didn't quite look like a, a Polaroid camera, but a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I grew up down the road of uh, where Netflix originally was, you know, before they were a studio and all that mm. shit, when they would just yeah. do the mail-in DVDs. Just the DVDs, yeah. Yeah, I lived right down the block from their only location. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. 
Who would have predicted they'd become this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'm from the time of like, I remember, you know, when video stores came in. I mean, it was like, and, and killed uh, repertory theaters. You know, the, before that, you used to have movie theaters just dedicated to showing old movies, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, I've been to theaters like that, yeah. But there was tons of them in cities, and video killed all that. And then, and then the video store died, well, or almost died. It's nearly dead. Uh, and people have all this nostalgia for video stores, but uh, I never did because I remember how it was before. <laughs> what is it with the, there's this one chain, Family Video. They, oh, yeah. like, somehow survived. Really? Yeah, I see those occasionally. I'm like, who's going in there? Or is Probably it really old Old people, or yeah, or it's a front, or it's like a some kind of Christian thing, you know, where they edit out all the <laughs> sinful parts, like the way the blockbuster used to do. Oh well, I kind of really miss blockbuster. There's only really? one left, and it's in Alaska. I, I saw yeah, I remember reading about it. about it, but man, blockbuster was a shit show. You got to know that, like in the suburbs, there's only like blockbuster and maybe yeah. only like one other like. Indie, I guess, mm-hmm. is what you call it, like independently owned video store. So there yeah. wasn't really anything to go against it. Yeah, we we had a bunch where I lived, but uh, there's actually one. There's a video store up Archer Avenue from me that I'm really curious about. I need to go into sometime. I don't know. I'm just very curious what what they're doing. And then also, uh, last week I went to New York for a day and a half because I had a like a COVID time airline credit that was about to expire. So I just booked a trip to New York overnight mm-hmm. kind of thing because I'd read about this Polish guy in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, who runs a, like a, a video store and micro cinema called uh, Film Noir Cinema. And I wanted to see it. I wanted to go there. Uh, be, so I picked a day that they were ha- he was showing a movie. So I went there. I just went there on this random on a Wednesday night. There was all these young people premiering this this weird new movie called Bad Summer. It was really good. Interesting. And it was run by this very kind of untalkative Polish man <laughs> who just sat like for about fifteen. I was early. I was there like fifteen twenty minutes early. What I thought was it wound up being an hour early because these kids didn't start their movie till like 40 minutes after they said they would. But uh, I was just there browsing. It was just a little room on a corner of a street, and he didn't say a word to me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of amazing. And he had all these like sort of foreign movies, kind of extreme horror, like out there stuff, you know? I'm and really you, jealous of your like adventure <laughs> and i bought uh i bought a box set of uh dvds of uh decline of western civilization those music documentaries because mm-hmm. i wanted to support him i wanted to buy something and he, so he had all he had all three and then like a extras disc that's pretty lit i dig mm-hmm. it yeah so mm-hmm. I, I mean you know they kind of exist but it's like super super ultra boutique you know because you also need a DVD player, you know, which is outmoded at this point. <laughs> that is really 
when I was trying to figure out how to watch Get Out, I didn't see it on any of the streaming services, and I didn't want to pay for it. Oh, really? So I actually ended up going to the library. Oh, you got it out of the library? <laughs> yeah. Oh. See, oh, I went you... the old-fashioned way. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I paid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think, yeah, I should have thought about the library. So you got a DVD? Yeah, I got a DVD. Oh. They didn't oh, okay. have it on Blu-ray. Not yeah. that I really could tell the difference. A lot of yeah. people could. I can't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that stuff, but it's the same thing with when people like do like SD versus HD, and I know yeah. that I should visually be able yeah. to see it, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Yeah, on the on the TV size, I can't. Like, if it's in a movie theater, I can tell differences. You oh, know, that yeah, print like you know. So it's like because it's a huge screen. Sizes and whatever definition you can tell. But yeah, on a TV screen, yeah, I'm, I also don't care as much <sighs> about stuff like that. So I guess we should explain why I picked Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Explain yourself. It's a, it's a, it's a late, late, last-second substitution. I know. Anyone who listened to the last episode is going to be like, yeah, they're going to talk about, about the Babadook. Yeah, their, their favorite horror movie. And, and look, they're going to be so disappointed. I know. <laughs> if Ghostface called you and said, what's your scary movie? And then you really defended the Babadook as elevated horror, yeah. then you're going to be really disappointed that I didn't like it. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's talk about why you didn't like it. <laughs> Have you ever just, like, okay, you're going to, like, be like, God damn it, man, you're, like, obsessed with the cheesiest horror movies, so why does this bother you? The theme was so in your fucking face. I was just like, all right, grief, I get it. Grief, yeah. grief, grief. Yes. And then I just want to bitch slap the kid. I mean, there are so many movies I've been watching lately where I just want to, like, see the kid and bitch slap the kid over and over. So- was he more annoying than the kid in the mist? Or that, I did actually a Twitter poll. Oh, you <laughs> to did see what other people thought. There's some other annoying. I mean, there's many annoying children in movies, but <laughs> I threw Dakota Fanning in War of the Worlds in there just for fun. Oh yeah, but uh, the mist one actually just barely. That kid was fucking insufferable. He like, was just whining point, the whole time. I just can't deal with kids in movies anymore. Yeah. Not in movie yeah. theaters, not in movies. Just get the kids away from me. I know. What I can't deal with is uh, kids in restaurants. Oh, I, I don't God. think kids should be allowed in restaurants until they're like, you know, 23 or 24. Yesterday I was at a fucking restaurant and like this kid kept kicking the fucking seat like we were in a booth. And yeah, yeah, like, like that. Yeah, I was going to be like, the parent has to know. Like, you must be feeling this, too. No, they're, they're wild animals, and they're just not domesticated yet. And these parents, think, like, those are places that people pay money to be. Uh, why the fuck are you taking your pissing, shitting, screaming little you know, offspring out and inflicting him on the, on the unsuspecting public? What did we do wrong? Especially because, like... Just because you could, time, we were like, just because you didn't know how to wear money. rubber, you know, like it's like yeah. we have to suffer for it. Like we're spending a shit ton of money, and your kid is kicking me this entire time. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Like I did not spend this money to be kicked. There was a, a place in uh, a few years ago in Andersonville that got in trouble with, like they basically posted that they didn't want to have kids in their place. 
I think you should be allowed to do that. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you're running a private business, people put all kinds of shitty restrictions. Yeah. Why? Why not have an age limit like the way bars do? You know. (laughs) You know. Same with that. But I I know this is like the (laughs) check IDs outside. (laughs) But it's like with my apartment, how like you have to pay extra for a pet. It's like if I have to pay extra for the pet that you can't even hear or know is in here, you should pay extra for your kid. Who I hear oh, you constantly. have to pet, pay extra for your cat? Yeah, I have to pay oh, a really? pet fee. Oh. But that's my theory. I hear their kids far more. No one even knows we have a cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of pet. Exactly. Like if I hear your kid, because we have that one floor, you've been in the apartment where almost all the main shit's on our floor. So you have no idea how many times I hear kids, like, literally stampeding down the hallway. (laughs) I actually, one time, actually turned in to, like, not a Karen, but just a pissed-off, like, tired person. (laughs) It was, like, at 2 a.m., because I could still hear them, and I guess one dumb fuck let their, like, 13-year-old child hold a sleepover party. Mm-hmm. in like that one common room area and I actually was like angry I was like I want an adult is there a fucking adult present someone bring me an adult so I could yell at them instead of being bitched out at, by a 13 year old yeah so that, that so basically after all that tangent that was the reason you didn't like uh, Babadook that and just it's, it's too, obvious. too obvious yeah yeah, I could see that. I I mean, I remember sort of liking it, but like not I remember people getting really really excited about it, you know? And I didn't quite understand what the what the big deal was, you know? Yeah, I mean, every time I mentioned the Baba Duke, everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's a great movie." And then I watched yeah. it and I was like, "You guys are fucking liars." It was okay. I think it was one of those movies though, if I remember correctly, uh like that the payoff, the explanation kind of annoyed me. What was, can you remind me, like, what was the ex- explanation, like, it was okay. actually real, or like, so there was some supernatural shit, right? There was supernatural shit. Okay, that's what annoyed me. It, it was that, like, that Stephen King problem, you know? Like, like the problem with, like, Children of the Corn and stuff like that. He chalks it up to some, like, monster from outer space, which always is disappointing to me. I want, it, I want the fault to be always of just regular humans just being assholes, you know? Hey. Just like you know, this movie, like the movie I picked out. A little bit. A little bit. Being <laughs> assholes. Yeah. In a very hardcore way. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know that. Yeah, I'm not really at this point qualified to talk about the Baba Duke because I haven't seen it since it came out and I barely remember it. So I'll trust you to say like if, it, this week's your choice, so you you're entitled to change your mind as well. It's. It, I guess I get. I guess I get. I get an out now. Like if if, we, if this happens, oh, yeah, this may definitely. happen with one of my own choices. That happens. It's one of those things where, like, I at first was just like gonna like bitch about it to you. I didn't know I was gonna be allowed to like switch it. I was like, hell yes, okay, yeah. You can do. This is this is, this is your hamster wheel. You get to do whatever you want. You know, like you get to change. Put new tricks, new new obstacles, whatever you like. <laughs> but like the pressure was up then when you said that like I could pick another horror movie, and I was at that party, and I just started asking everybody like oh. I was in Scream, like, "Hey, what's your favorite scary movie?" <laughs> you did a li- live uh, 
It was a live Twitter poll, but at, at a party. I know. People I don't even fucking know. I got stuck. Oh, yeah. That was the, the, the party yeah. that you were miserable at. Oh, my God. Yes, You I were was. really bored. Like, yeah, you almost you almost went and had falafels with me. You, I think almost. I could tell you, you nearly you nearly went. <laughs> I know. I was so close. But then, like, right at that point, someone that Boo was actually close friends with came in. And I was like, mother. Oh, so you had somebody to talk to. Yeah. No, I didn't want to talk to them. Boo did. Oh. <laughs> I was well, at the point where I was drunk and mean. I don't usually get mean when I'm drunk, but to this oh, person, yeah? I got mean too. Oh, no. Yeah, I thought it was fun, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was there fault? Did you have to do damage control later? Or oh, I did. I, did you have to apologize? Really no, I didn't actually have to apologize, but no. I did it in such an uncomfortable way where I made this person like feel like shit in like a kitchen with a shit ton of people. Oh, good job. I know. Like, I just, like, they have such a big ego, and I just brought them to, like, child size. Mm. But then I just, like, spent the rest of the party having to pretend like I liked them. Like, oh, oh boy. okay. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Never saying I'm sorry, but tell me about your random trip you took three years ago. So, wait, but, I mean, you, you and Boland have been together for, like, 50 years. How is it that he has this group of friends that you don't even, like, Honestly, interact with? This group, <laughs> I would call it like a nostalgia invite at oh. this party because, like, there are people. Oh, that somebody he hasn't seen in a while? Yeah. Oh. And, like, it was, like, really awkward because, like, the person who was hosting the party was like, So this is Mallory. I finally meet her. And I'm just like, See, that's how you know. And oh. Do not meet these people ever. It's like, like, almost like, like the high school reunion or something when they, people, but look, look how we, like, we're totally different people now. I know. And, and you stand around awkwardly, and then you leave, and then you talk shit about them on the drive home, right? We did, yeah. Of course, of course, you did. Well, that's what you do at, after every party, I think, right? You talk shit. Typically, how, how whatever your the old the the friend that used to be hot is now fat and ugly, or whatever, like, or is a failure of business, or whatever happened, right? I like that. Although I was the mean person at the party, Boo was the oh. person who was bitching after the party. Oh yeah, what was he bitching about? Oh, he hated everything. Like one, we actually made sure that we would be fashionably late to the party. Uh huh. The host wasn't sure. even there yet. The host was more fashionably late to their party than we were. Wait, was it in a home or is yeah, it? Yeah, it was oh. at their place. Like we were, just and they weren't there. there. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, he had to run out to get more ice. Oh, just like, oh, I see. Okay, well, that's the party started at seven. We got there at like eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he got there at like eight fifteen. I'm just like, what the hell is this? Then everyone slowly trickled in. Yeah. And it was really weird. <laughs> but, like, it was, okay, one, there was a reenactment of a wedding that had gone wrong with two what? people. I know. A reenactment of a Why would you do that to yourself twice? I know. <laughs> um, you, I guess. You can, en you can enact your first divorce instead. <laughs> I guess I don't know these people worth a goddamn, but one of the people was uh, Jewish and the other person was Christian and they wanted uh -huh. a Jewish wedding. So they had the host, like, what do you do? Go online and become a minister or whatever the fuck? 
Oh, oh, to be oh to to be able to officiate a wedding. Yeah, yeah. And he officiated the wedding, but what he forgot, um, he accidentally left it in his trunk during the actual wedding. Was that glass thing? Yeah, you he, break a glass. And then after the wedding, he found it. So he had them break the glass this time. So. Yeah, oh, oh, the, fir- the first time they didn't break the glass. Yeah, because he couldn't find it. He didn't realize it was in his trunk. Yeah. That's what happens when you... I swear to God, he's like a... He felt like a 30-something-year-old frat boy. Yeah. And that was the impression I felt and Belen felt as we left the party because, like, he'd been living in that house already for, like, several months. Uh-huh. It really looked like a frat house. I've only been in a frat house once because my brother yeah. was a frat boy. Yeah. And I have never had such a fratty vibe from a house before. Mm. <laughs> so how long in total were you at that party? Too long. <laughs> and, yeah, this can segue into, into the movie you chose to replace Babadook because in, in, that, in that movie there's also a party that somebody didn't want to go to at all. <laughs> he felt he was there too long and someone else was in control of the keys. Yeah. Yeah. So you maybe that's why you subconsciously picked get out. You're you're having your your own get out moment. That and everybody <laughs> would not shut up about nope. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, like, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. I saw Oh, you still haven't seen it? No, I just saw it. I really liked it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's his best movie. Yeah, I mean that that was a lot of. It was interesting style, but we won't get into Nope. Let's stick with Get Out. Sure, we can do Nope another time if you feel up to it. No, I mean we can reference it. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So Get Out. I'll do an intro later. Is that yeah? You always do. you always that's the funny. Th- I was going to mention this earlier, but like you ask me to do intros sometimes, you know, for mine. But you always do an intro. I know. <laughs> I don't know why. You, you do your own intro, no, no, whether I do one or not. <laughs> you know what it started out as is I realized I was just like, oh, shit, we just kind of like pop right into it. Maybe I should yeah. be like, for this episode, we discuss. And then, yeah. I don't know, I got caught into the habit of describing the movie we're discussing. <laughs> it's to- That's totally fine because I never want to do that. So, like, let, let's just appoint you the the... The, the, ma- the, the assistant junior manager in charge of introductions or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun title. You're from now on, you're the director of that, <laughs> that department of that horror cast. Sounds fun. It sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, so. I never, I never want to explain anything. So <laughs> I hate explaining it, but I'm just like, uh, I'll figure out a way. And that's yeah. why I never want to do it like in the moment. Yeah. Because I'm just like, this this feels like too annoying to explain. It wrecks the flow of the conversation. Nobody does that. Like when you're having a conversation and suddenly there's a sidebar and this other thing starts, you know, summarizing everything. Yeah, like if we were just be talking and be like introduction and I do the introduction like yeah. I usually do, it'd be like, What? She that would really be super it down. It would be super, super autistic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> To do something like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes, it would. <laughs> I'm just imagining it. Sorry, now that's just like stuck in my head, imagining yeah. how that would come out. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, people that insist on like going into minute detail about like technical detail about stuff that they get stuck on, mm-hmm. which is, you know, definitely, you know, in some way, some sort of spectrum behavior, you know? I really wouldn't. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. So when is the first time you saw Get Out? When it came out. I saw it. I mean, it, you know, it got a lot, a lot of hype, that movie. Uh, yeah, and I liked it. I, I remember liking it when it came out. What year? Do you remember off the top of your head? Or what off year the get top out? of my head? Okay, I know where I was living at the time. I was in Roscoe Village, so that had to be like maybe 2017 or 2018. Yeah, so it was definitely into the into the Trump years. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I remember re- they kept referencing if they could have voted for Obama a third a third time. term, yeah. So early early Trump years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably sixteen or seventeen. No, I like that. This is one of the few movies I don't do it often where I see a movie on my own, and I really enjoyed being able to see this like without oh, really? anyone else. Yeah. Why was that? Why, why? What was the circumstances behind that? Um, Blunt had another thing he was doing and I didn't want to stay at home and he didn't seem very interested in seeing this movie. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go see it. Was he going to a party full of friends that you didn't like? (laughs) (laughs) No, he was just getting coffee with a friend I do like, but they were talking about some business stuff and I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to try and insert myself here and I don't want to stay home and do nothing. So, Yeah. And that was, it was like when, when it had just come out? Yeah, it was just released. And yeah. uh, it was like almost like not a midnight showing, but like the last showing of the night. Yeah. To the point where like I didn't feel a need to like actually change into anything other than what I was already wearing, which was my pajamas. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very chill experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> what What theater did you go to? Do you remember? Um, okay, I, uh, it's on Western. Uh, oh, the City North? I think that's it, yeah. The one that's kind of like, kind of near Logan Square? Like, yes. Yeah, that's that City North. So, that was Western cool. and just before diversity. Yes, that Schubert, is exactly Western it. and Schubert, yep. Um, shockingly, there weren't a lot of people there late at night, which I expected there would have been. But it was probably showing on three screens, or you know, like when you have a hit movie, they put it on multiple screens in those places, you know. Yeah, but I remember actually being really psyched, and then I made Boo go see it the next day with me again. Oh wow! I really did. You like it. it? Yeah, he liked it, and I just made him watch it with me again, <laughs> <laughs> so he he could really get it in his system. Like, okay, we get it. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, you, you, you say, like, you rarely go to movies on your own. Like, I do it all the time. It's primarily how I see movies is on my own. It's rare that I go with anybody, these days especially. I was going to say, I think it's like an acquired thing that you slowly age into, where you become comfortable with being by yourself. I always have been. But really? <laughs> like, it took me, like, a long time. I want to say, like, my mid-20s when I finally yeah. was like, Okay, I think I'm cool without needing someone to almost like hold my hand while I have this experience. Mm. Was it, I mean, is it like a safety thing or is it a, 
I don't know. It's like it's just you get used to just going to shit with someone all the time. I guess maybe because I come from such a big family and mm. everyone always mistakes me for an extrovert. Yeah. So I'm invited to shit all the time and yeah. How do they mistake you for an extrovert? Well, if you talk to me enough IRL, then yeah. You, you, <laughs> you would definitely think I was an Like all of Boo's friends, I say in quotation marks, at that party think I'm a very social person. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. I come off as very social. So you put, you put on a show for strangers is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really annoying. Like, I didn't even realize that. Like, Boo was saying that that was the biggest bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. Because he thought I was an extrovert, and I was just like, ah, slowly did and you And then you, then, then you entrapped, ensnared him, and now, now you can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I see what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> I have the ring. I don't have him legally binding yet. <laughs> yeah, he put a ring on it. <laughs> Honestly, I think it actually made him feel super comfortable at the party because other than like the annoying weird frat boys, everyone uh-huh. else was like married. Oh. We're at that age now. It's getting weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do have one friend, I could say this, and like this is totally tangenting, and then we'll go right back to get out. She just got proposed to a week ago, and mm-hmm. she said, I have to think about it to her boyfriend, and she still oh. hasn't given his ass an answer because she doesn't want to say yes. I, I think it's obvious what the answer is. <laughs> the issue is they have a mortgage together. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know, Amelia. I bet you weren't counting on that shit. <laughs> yeah, so basically, they they are married already. Sorta, yeah. Just gotta go through whatever issue that is, because that's how I want to know. Like, if you say no to a proposal, does that mean we're broken up now? It should. Yeah, I feel like she started I mean, asking about another guy friend of ours, and I was just oh. like, "Shit, are you planning a safety boat? Like, what's going on here?" Is that what that's called? Safety boat? <laughs> Lifeboat? Whatever? Life bo- yeah, she, yeah she, she wants it out. Yeah, Yeah. she's like, I'm looking at this guy now. Is he still single? Wow. She's doing her research? Basically. Backgr- background checks? Background checks, like, what is he doing these days? What is his job again? <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. How much is, savings does he have in the bank? I know. It's like, wh- how big is his house? What kind of house does he house? own? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was definitely... Calculate, cruel and calculating. I thought it was funny, though. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I don't think I've seen someone do this yet. Yeah. But yeah, I think it seems like in the proposal situation, if if it's not a yes, that I I think you got to go your separate ways right away. That's not a question you think about. You know the answer to that, you know? I mean, unless it comes after like, like... Yeah. I had Unless to you've been with once. a person a week or something. <laughs> you know? Well, I dated somebody once for about a year, and they proposed to me, and mm-hmm. I had to do that. I think about it thing. We yeah. broke up later that night. Um, right. But uh, we were 19 years old, and sure. he did it in front of his whole fucking family. Wow. Who it's does dramatic, that? Huh? I guess he wanted to make a dr- dramatic gesture. Yeah, and now... Apparently, he lives by us, 
And for some reason, every 4th of July, I run into him, and it is the most awkward thing ever. Does he propose again? (laughs) (laughs) Every 4th of July, you have a new tradition? Like, I just keep bumping into him. I'm just like, I cannot go to the Mariano's on the 4th of July. For some reason, he's always there. He's hoping you're there, too, and you'll reconsider. I know. He's hoping that you finally thought enough about it and decided. Like... (laughs) This year, he saw, and he's like, oh, are you married? And I was just like, oh, shit, yes, the ring, making people go away. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's my main motivation for the ring, is so people stop trying to, like, hit on you. Yeah, I guess guess it works that way. Or, well, it's more motivation for a certain kind of person, I guess. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) A different kind of person. Yeah, it just depends on what who you want to attract. <laughs> <laughs> so but speaking, yeah, of, yeah, of, of uh, mismatched couples, we can we can there we go go into this movie. This is fine. This is what we do, you know, like tangent opalooza. Hey, you know? you know, as you know, we're warning people to not be in like relationships and everything. TSA guy, TSA best friend, kept warning him, don't go yeah. to that party. I will say before I forget, I think this is the only positive representation of the TSA in culture ever. True. Like the TSA guy saves the day. Have you have you ever seen an article or anything anywhere anything positive about the TSA? This is the only instance. So that's unique about this movie. Have you heard <laughs> about the alternate ending though? No. What's the, what's the alternate? What it, happens? It's actually more realistic. He he gets caught by the cops and they don't believe him. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and Jordan Peele said it was far far too depressing. And yeah, realistic yeah, he needed an out. But that when you when you're watching the movie, I do remember like you see the lights coming, you figure it's a cop and that he's going to get framed. Yeah, that's the. I mean, so it it worked. He puts that in there anyways. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when you see if, like a, a official looking car coming. And it's a black guy with a dead, dying white woman. You know, like, what are you going to assume is going to happen? Like a whole house of white bodies and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. But hey, it worked out sort of. I think in the end. I mean, I I'm not quite sure it really would have worked out. They still would have had to explain the dead bodies to somebody. No, no. And no, I don't think very hard tale to tell. As yeah, we saw. yeah. This this works, you know. This is the kind of thing that works in you know fairy tale logic, you know, or fantasy logic, not in grim reality logic. It wouldn't, it doesn't work on that level. But that's not that's not the language of this movie, you know. No. This is a movie where like somebody's worst fears and like fantasies become literal reality. You know, that's that's how it functions. Exactly. <laughs> what if, like, what you always assume the worst about people was actually literally true? That's well, what happens in this movie. What's so wild is that, like, he's, I don't know, would you say that he's suspicious of the white family in the beginning or not? Well, he, no, he didn't ever want to go. I mean, he had misgivings from the start. Remember in the beginning, they're packing and stuff, and he's just sitting there like you could tell he's hesitating. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if he was hesitating about wanting to go or hesitating because he didn't 
think that she told them that he was black. He also, yeah, well, he was kind of confused about that, which is very valid, you know? Yeah. And it turned, you know, and as everything in this movie, like the every fear you have gets proven true. Like the worst assumption is actually true. <laughs> now, I'm trying to figure this out because I can't remember. And I told myself I was going to like try and remember because it was a question I've always had. Why do they only target black people? Oh, because they they think that black people are a more more f- physically evolved. They're stronger physically. Yeah. I mean, also, I think it, it's implied in it that that like they won't be searched for as much because they're not as valued in white society. That I think is, there's that also that. Yeah, that's terrible. And yeah. True. Yeah, this really was a movie about just terrible truths, just kind of like the racism yeah. we see every day. Like when they get pulled over and the cop asks for his ID too. Like, right. It's like we all know it happens. Yep. So, do you like Get Out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I really liked it the first time I saw it. And the problem this time is that I knew everything that was coming, mm-hmm. and it lost something. It's one of these movies that is so uh, so hinges on plot points and twists, you know, mm-hmm. and revelations that if you know what's coming, there's it definitely loses something. Like if you know immediately you can't trust the girlfriend, then well, you, you know everything that happens. Away. Yeah. So then. I mean, it's you know, the, the, it's acted well and it's shot well and everything, but there's not. It's not for me, at least. I think this is only the second time I've seen it. I don't think I went back. This is third for me. Okay, so you haven't you hadn't seen it since you you took went with Bolant that second day, right? Yeah. But I didn't. I I didn't find anything new, any kind of new resonance, or like notice anything I didn't remember. This time? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I just kept trying to remember was how he got the one guy to snap out of it briefly. And then, you know, then I saw the flash and I was like, oh, all right, now I know, got it. But that was it. Yeah. So, oh, you know, everyone uh, should see at least once. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, Mark's, you know, it's the, it's the first movie that, that, uh, Jordan Peele directed, you know, after a, a career on TV as part of a comedy team. So it was definitely a turn, you know, that maybe some people didn't expect. Actually, it's funny, uh, when, when I was in New York, uh, one of the places I went to was uh, the Quimby's in New, there's a New York Quimby's bookstore. Oh, I didn't know that. The guy that actually be, started Quimby's, who I've known since he lived in Boston, he started. He had a weird store in Boston. Moved to Chicago and opened Quimby's and sold it because he wanted to raise his family in Europe. So he moved to Holland, mm-hmm. and then eventually moved back to America and asked the current owners of Quimby's if he could, if he could start his own Quimby's New York to use the name. So it's a, it's an independent store, but it just has the same name. But he uh, when he was in Holland, 
worked at a theater, like I guess a comedy or some kind of theater that was really popular with American comedians and actors. And Jordan Peele was the, like worked there a lot, like doing stuff. Mm. So he like he got this guy Steve got to be friends with Jordan Jordan Peele's mom and stuff. It's okay, kind of sweet. Cool. Yeah, like when he was young, when he was just coming up, you know, before he became famous. It is fascinating that like he came from such a comedic background and then took such a hard turn towards like a very more serious. I like how I said very more, whatever. Very, it's it's really really serious. Very more is. Ultra serious. <laughs> it is. It's extra, extra serious. Not that his movies are like extra, extra serious, but yeah. No, but there's, a, there's always comedy in them. Yeah. In one way or another. I mean, dark comedy often, but still, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there is that, like, relief that he'll give us, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting he made this turn into horror instead. Yeah, I mean, in this, in his, this, his first movie, the whole character of the TSA agent is totally comedy relief until he saves the day. You know, like, I mean, he is the best comedic relief at the end, really. Yeah, yeah, he's he's comedic and and also dramatic. Every kind of relief. <laughs> he's the best friend we all wish we had. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think just like tracked his ass down and was determined from the beginning, like get get out before he, mm-hmm. anyone else. Yeah, I think it's actually he very. Might have been the smartest one out of all of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, even though like the you know like the uh, what is the main guy's name? Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. I, I don't. What's his character's name? I for, I, I always forget the character names. Yeah, that's always what's bothering me. I think it's like Chris or something. Chris. I think or it's some plain name. Whatever. Yeah. He seems to be like sophisticated, you know, he's a photographer, blah, 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 but he's kind of dumb about life in a way, you know? He's sort of naive, you know? That's in what a way. I was vibing, like, as, like, his friend is really trying to, like, throw the realities, like, nah, this isn't for you, and he's like, oh, it's all right, I love her. Yeah, even though on the, on the face of it, like, his friend is, you know, he's a TSA agent, so he obviously isn't as successful materially in life, you know, whereas Chris is living in like this fancy apartment building with his, and he's got this like new hot white girlfriend, so he's doing all right in life, Mm -hmm. you know, but uh, he has some lessons to learn, obviously, and he he learns them in this movie, (laughs) for sure. Uh, I I like it though. One friend actually like described their family as aggressively white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that might be accurate, yeah. That's not bad. I mean, they're, I mean, they're ridiculous, you know, but <laughs> they're definitely caricatures. And, you know, they are the best caricatures of white people, <laughs> liberal-seeming white people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in general, before we go on, I do like it when comedians or comedic actors do dramatic roles or whatever the way that Jordan Peele, you know, pivoted from doing comedy to directing sort of like social commentary slash horror, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it works. I mean, like I like when, you know, like somebody like Steve Carell does like dramatic roles. I think it works really well. I think he actually is a better actor when it comes to drama roles. Mm-hmm. No, but even like, 
uh, I don't like this guy that much. Uh, what's his name? Will. Uh, Will Farrell. Will Farrell, right? But the times I do like him is when he's in in like more dramatic roles, like when he's not just constantly making jokes. Yeah, you because know, he did a lot of like, I'm a moron, like stupid yeah. humor. Yeah, yeah, he's this big, big kind of oaf, you know. Yeah. Big lummox. <laughs> yeah. Like, he uh, was there for, like, the immediate big physical, like, we're going streaking kind of yeah. comedy. And that stuff is good for, like, five minutes. You know, it's good for an SNL sketch, but it's not good for an hour and a half. You know, it doesn't... doesn't like, I know a lot of people love that movie, Elf, but I don't. Uh, I think it's annoying. <laughs> like, it's a bit that goes on way too long, you know? Like... I have a lot of people in my family who love that movie. So Yeah, like, it's like a holiday favorite now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are like moments I enjoy about it, but like anytime I watch the thing like all the way through, I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking idiotic. Yeah, it should have been like it should have been like ten minutes long, you know? Like just little tidbits <laughs> you're like, All right, yeah. that bit was funny. But if you put it all together into one movie, you're like, uh oh, Yeah, but like you know what he's good in is I like that movie Stranger Than Fiction. Did you ever see that? Oh, I love where, that movie. I where he finds out he's a character in this woman's book. I don't and know a lot of people. He gets really seen resentful. That. Yeah, that's a good one. Like that's that's what I was thinking of. Like a good example of a comedic actor doing a dramatic role because he's not. That's not a comedy role for him. You know, like he's not funny in it. You know what I mean? Well. I say my He's favorite the example the is Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, comedians could do drama. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We underestimate them too much. How did we get into this tangent? Well, no, because we're, we got into this tangent because we're talking about Jordan Peele, like, yes. having starting a new part of his career from after getting... I think a, a fair amount of success as a as a comedic performer and writer. I mean, because he was on screen too in in his uh, comedy, right? Yeah, it was like a sketch show, right? Mm-hmm. Key and Peele. Yeah. And the other one, the other guy is still doing comedy. Well, obviously, Jordan Peele is doing much better. It would appear. It seems like it, but More like he, yeah, in a prestigious way. I, I, yeah, I suppose so. Like, we hear him spoken in a much more serious way. I, I don't think I am hear much about Key. Yeah. I think he does. I think he's doing stuff. It's probably smaller scale, and it's probably more often on TV, you know? But see, that's how you know that he's not that successful, because you have to say, I think. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely less less aware of... Less aware of what that guy does. Like, I obviously, Key and Peel was not exactly directed towards, say, me as an audience. So I'd only seen like a couple sketches. Wait, do you, th- you think Key and Peel was directed at a black audience primarily? I think, yeah, potentially, yeah. I knew a lot of, I knew a lot of people, I knew a lot of, and a lot of non-black people that really like that, really? that show. Yeah. I think because it was on at the same time that Portlandia was on. Ah. Oh, really? Maybe I got more caught up into that one. 
Well, yeah, that's that's definitely more for white people. <laughs> that one was definitely directed at me. <laughs> a couple times on screen, I was like, "Is that me?" <laughs> well, there's also a, you know a ton of Chicago, well, indirect Chicago references because because of what's his face, Fred Armisen used yeah. to do shit he, here. Yeah, he spent a lot of time here. He was in bands and stuff. Like they have the Women and Women's First books. Yeah, Women and Women's First, exactly. It's, what is it? It's uh, Women and Women Children's, and Children's first. first, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, I've heard that they d- did not appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I heard they didn't like that either. It is a very funny bit that they do. Though. That bit is really good. Yeah. I, I didn't know, see, I'm, I'm so out of the loop with like actual... You know, broadcast, tele, you know, cable TV. Like, I had no idea what's on against anything else. I never watch anything when it's on, you know? See, I don't know what station Key and Peele is even on. I just know Portlandia was IFC, and then I stopped getting cable, so I just ended up... Probably something like yeah. Comedy Central or, like, one of those kinds, I, I imagine. Yeah. You know, like, something like that. I mean, but I know it was successful. I mean, it was... Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously, I kept seeing people share stuff on YouTube. Right. That's the generation I'm from, is people pick, like, one skit, and they're like, here you go, I'm going to send that right. to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, Get Out was a big deal for for a lot of reasons. Also, I mean, you know, he, you know, he went into a genre, you know, the horror genre where it's rare for any black characters to to be either the hero and or survive, you know. Yeah, it is through a horror emphasis. movie. It's usually, the the black character dies first, you know. Yep. Whereas here, this is obviously the whole focus of it, and and it is very directly about. Uh, you know, racism in America and the history of racism in America. Yeah, and they definitely make a point that, like, the family is aware of the history of racism in America to the point where they're constantly, like, countering that, being like, yeah. oh, we're so into Jesse Owens and everything. And yeah, yeah, like they that. point up all the black heroes and, like, they want, he wants to vote for Obama a third time and all that Yeah, stuff. I love that. Yeah, what was the the one at the party? The the one big fat guy was saying, how, "Like like black is in now." Yeah, <laughs> like we had our time. Like the white people, you know. I like how a few people were like, "What kind of sports do you do?" Yeah, shit like that. I was like, "What the fuck, white people?" Well, what it is is basically they want to see what you it's offer a, it's as a body. Yeah, it's a it's a new it's a, a new version of a slave auction. Exactly. Yeah, that's what's the underlying thing in this movie. And yeah, I, I think I think the main thing of like you were asking earlier about like what why they chose black people, like I think they chose they did decided, quote unquote scientifically, that black bodies were more resilient or better evolved than white bodies. It just totally makes me think of that one scene in Django Unchained when uh Leonardo DiCaprio is like pointing out the areas of like a black person's skull to prove that they're actually inferior. Well, yeah, that's 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 a different thing. Yeah, but oh, yeah, I just but, thought it was funny, like yeah. just like the weird rationalities. 
but that was, I mean, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, there was that whole thing of man, uh, measuring like skull size and stuff to to and equating it with intelligence. That was a this like early quack science thing that was going on mm-hmm. in in many nations. But you know, the Nazis were really into stuff like that. Well, definitely, yes. To demonstrate which to demonstrate that you know like. Aryans were the the highest evolved, but like what these people in Get Out, you know, the, what they come up with is like the best of both worlds, you know. So they're going to implant like the superior white mind into the superior black body. Yeah, that's that's their thing. Oh, you know, the one thing I, I guess maybe I missed or didn't it didn't connect for me was at the end when when that that one servant. That she calls him grandpa. That's the, that's the grandfather from the that that little PSA announcement. Mm-hmm. Is is the becomes the servant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shows he likes to run and shit like that. <laughs> and I don't know. Seems to live a lifestyle that's a little bit more separate. It's so weird though that like the maid was the grandmother. Yeah. But I thought it was funny how he felt like he could save her at the end, even though he knew absolutely nothing about the science. If you recall, like, he actually takes her with him at first. Yeah. No, but he doesn't know how how uh, damaged she is, you know? Like, he does the flash and is like, all right, I think this works, and then, yeah. But it only works for a short time, This is which is why... You know, the grandpa shoots himself after he shoots the granddaughter mm-hmm. because he knows he's going to revert back into the, you know, white racist grandpa guy, you know, that once the flash wears off, he's going to be back because whatever the operation is, they remove, you know, most of what the person used to be and put in the, I think you know, the evil, the evil white controller thing in there. <laughs> they like put them in like... What do they call it? The, the sunken the, place? Yeah, the sunken place, right. Which is where she's hypnotized. That's another great uh, casting choice. Oh, I love P- Catherine Keener. Putting Catherine Keener in this as like this horrible, this evil witch. <laughs> you know? Because like, she does come, she always is like this really sweet person in all her movies. and it's like, Sweet oh, or God. sarcastic. She's sort of like the Diane Keaton of that, this generation, you know? I love that comparison. She's totally the Diane Keaton. Don't you, don't you think? Now that you say it, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have thought of it, though. <laughs> that kind of combination of, like, smart, very smart, sarcastic, you know, and with an edge kind of independent oftentimes, you know? I was going to say, she definitely has this, like, very, like, down-to-earth vibe to her. No, but she's great, but here she's just, like, like a, a witch. She's a horrible... <laughs> But and, she and, has that weird, warm, nurturing, down-to-earth, motherly vibe as front. Yeah, w- weird role for Bradley Whitford, too, as the father, you know? I mean, He's usually not, awesome. not this either, you know? I guess that was really the point, was taking yeah. people who are typically not, yeah. I feel like we just kind of, like, lost. In a train of thought at the first, like, same time. That's funny. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, Al- Allison Williams from, from Girls as the, 
the hot girlfriend that's also evil secretly. Oh, I didn't realize that. That she's in Girls? Yeah. Yeah, she's one of the main friends in Girls. Hmm. Also, she's the daughter of Brian Williams, who's like a newscaster who got in trouble for lying about his stuff on on the news. It's a fun relation to have. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fitting, but yeah. Yeah. For this character. But yeah. Uh, yeah do, do we ever find out? I don't think, does she have any kind of job or anything? <laughs> I think her job is just to get black guys... I mean, I know what we we know what her actual does she have any cover kind of job? He's a photographer of some kind. That's that stuff is all kind of left very vague. Like how it is that he's lives in a nice place in New York being a photographer. <laughs> I mean, he obviously is a known one because the guy who actually wins the bid the oh, the, gal- the the blind gallery. That's a good character actor too. I forget his name, but he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I totally know who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, he he definitely makes it seem like Daniel Kaluuya's character is a very well known photographer. Right. It's the, the the blind photo dealer. He just has his assistant describe the photos to him. I know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I know, he's just like, I want your eyes. Like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah, lo- I mean, lots of lots of people that did, and then went on. Well, I mean, the, the guy at the beginning, Lakeith Stanfield, is great in, he's great in that show Atlanta, and he's great in a movie that I really like called uh, Sorry to Bother You. Did you see that movie? I liked that. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. Which has a lot of some similarities to this one. Mm-hmm. Because there's a secret like plot to f- to fuck with black people in a in a very different way, but like you know they're 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 crossbreeding them with horses, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's more fucked up than Get Out. <laughs> I was gonna say like during the Trump years, there were quite a few really good black horror films. Yeah, or just showing how racist we are movies. I, mean, I like was it Antebellum? That was a really good one. Okay. Well, I mean, one of the things that kept coming out in articles and essays and everything was, you know, pieces by black writers saying that, like, a person like Trump was like their experiences of America all along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's why, uh, like those those movies and the, the the writing gained prominence because it was an insight that. You know, black Americans had had for a very long time that white Americans were just getting hip to, you know, or realizing that didn't they didn't know it was there all along. Just that, like that, when they get pulled over and the girlfriend doesn't understand why the cop wants to see his ID too. Yeah, although of course we in, know retro- she in retrospect we know she she's just acting, but it's her role to be like the, the best the best white girlfriend ever. Who is oblivious to racism to the right. point who actually like acts like it's no big deal to be like, oh, I'm going to tell my parents I'm bringing my black boyfriend home. Yeah. She's very good at her role. Well, yeah, clearly. I mean, yeah. you know, once I mean, he discovers that, like, pictures. yeah, the stash of pictures, how many times, 
yeah, not just men, women, a woman too. Like you know, she 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 knows how to do it. I was shocked that after that, he still kind of trusts her a vague amount to get out with him. Well, like I said before, I mean, there's a part of him that is very naive. You know, he keeps wanting to think the best of people. Like Stu- stupidly. <laughs> I would be like the first instance or like with the get out guy, maybe. I'd be like, this is really like fucked up. No, I, I think actually the first dinner though would have fucked me up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that also, yeah, I like the, the brother. brother. The brother's been like in he's a weird he's also a musician. He does a lot of weird stuff, that guy. Caleb Landry something. He's got a weird, unusual name. And he just looks, he's got this, he's got a great face for like horror. He just looks like there's some kind of like weird breeding, inbreeding going on or something. (laughs) There's something off about his features, you know? He definitely looks the part. Yeah. He, he wants he wants he wants to he wants to wrestle instead he wants to demonstrate his uh his martial arts training on him. What was it? Doesn't he like show up drunk or something and yeah. yeah. What's with the fucking rugby stick or what was any lacrosse? What, what was the stick thing he had at the end? Oh, I don't even remember. It was a, <laughs> It was such a white person stick. Yeah, yeah. Where I was like, that's a white person sport. What the hell? Yeah, uh, but but they're always trying to rein him in, you know, like the, the family. He's kind of like the fuck up Yeah. in, in their little family operation. Like he goes thing. too obvious, too aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, he'll, he'd fuck it up and ha- have them found out their plans. I mean, he's our first example of the guy who actually says get out. He's the one who kidnaps him, right? The brother? Is that what happened? Yeah, I thought he was like the guy in the beginning, like walking through the neighborhood. Yeah. And then I thought that was the brother who snatched him. Did Yeah, yeah I don't remember if they explained. I mean, they never showed what happened. You know. Oh, oh! When when he's the one that gets out of the car. Yeah, I thought that was him. Oh, that, you, you're probably right. I, it was a it was a figure in the shadows. Yeah, that's probably yeah. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure because you're right. I don't remember who says it, but they were saying that they preferred the sister's method to the son's. Right, because it was she. It's a lot less violent and less nuanced chance of being caught. It does make you wonder, though, like. They're from New York. Like, how did she, like, insert herself into, like, all these black circles where apparently a lot of them knew each other? Well. But had a different identity, clearly, with each of them. Well, it would have to be, it would have to be a bunch of people, black people that lived among white people, you know? Like, it wouldn't be, like, in, in a primarily black neighborhood. So... Like, say, it wouldn't be in Harlem or something, you know? Yeah. It would be in Brooklyn or, like, Midtown or something. I, I don't know if they said specifically. I don't think they said specifically where, where he was living. Like, the only reason they really quickly figured out is the guy who said get out, they recognized because he was at a party they were at once. Yeah. 
I mean, it does. It makes sense that they would know each other because they're all getting hooked by this one girl. Mm-hmm. And how many places does you know, like, yeah. As I'm saying, like there can, are can so many around? places that like the really yuppie white girl would be. Well, makes New York would be a good. That makes sense, you know. True. Where more, yeah, where middle class or upper class black people would would interact with white people fairly often, you know. See, I'd like to see a spinoff of this with her actually failing, because she had to probably fail a lot. Uh, oh, the show when it didn't work out. Yeah. When she didn't lure them back. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, you only get. They'd only have to go to one party. You know, that's all it would take. Clearly, but, I mean, come on. They had to be some who are suspicious to be like, no, I'm good. And they break Maybe, up. yeah. How how long is it typically till you invite your your new boyfriend to your parents' house? I have no they, idea. I mean, it's kind of actually, now that I think about it, it's a little early. Like, they've been together four months. Is It's kind of early, problem? don't you think? See, I'm someone, the person I'm in, in a relationship with, I've been with for 10 years. We started dating when I was like 22. Yeah. So, like, it was, it was very different then. <laughs> he was already How? around all the time, so yeah. Oh, okay. And you'd, been fr- and you'd been friends before, right? Yeah. So you, you didn't have to do research like she does to, to lure him in. No. <laughs> Facebook existed, so I'm good. <laughs> so very, had your parents met about. him? Met him before before you dated, or no? You know, I mean, I yes and no. I mean, I was just one of those people who did whatever the fuck I wanted. So uh, they they probably saw him around. But uh, I don't think I ever really took the time to be like, this is my friend so-and-so, and this is whoever the fuck else. Uh, I'm not a very great at etiquette person, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, well, you're... I I wouldn't notice because it's not that important. Stuff like that's not very important to me. So, like my father has already rewritten history, and it's a big reason why Belent is even like I'm so happy we're not having a wedding wedding because I don't want to hear him give a toast. Which my is dad what? has somehow rewritten history into Boo introducing himself and asking to date me. Oh, oh, like in, your father wrote it like into like a more traditional like yeah where you have to approach the father where in reality i am aware of the moment that he's talking about and that was just boo was waiting for me by his car and my dad happened to be outside and he said hey hello mr smart i'm here to deflower your daughter (laughs) (laughs) as if i wasn't already (laughs) (laughs) or ask for your daughter's hand can can we go on a chaperone date to the to the ice cream social. I don't know. <laughs> Which actually, I, we don't actually know when our first date was. You don't? That's oh. why we lied about when our anniversary was, because we didn't know when we actually really started dating. Hmm. Well, you should just go with your dad's version. I mean, I can't stand it, though. Like, I was going to be like, where do you get, like, someone saying, hi, I'm so-and-so, to asking permission like he is like rewritten this shit very much. Yeah. I promise you 20 years from now he's probably going to be like and he asked my permission for your hand in marriage. And you know, people have wishful thinking. Makes makes like life easier to get through. Yeah. 
parents are weird. <laughs> Obviously, we've noticed that from this movie. Yeah, yeah, this is this is not a movie that uh, sells par- parenting, doesn't portray it in the best light, that's for sure. I would say the moral I get from this story is never meet your significant other's parents. Right. And, you know, Daniel Kaluuya is lucky, quote, quote unquote, because he's an orphan, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who watched his mother die and blames himself for it. <laughs> yeah, that was really, that was a weird scene. <laughs> well, that's the hook. That's how uh, yeah, I know. Catherine Keener is able to get, get into his head and hypnotize him. Yeah. And I think that like it, that moment is like what the main cover, like poster, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When he's crying, like that close up of him, like bugging his eyes out and kind of crying. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was an awkward thing, but yeah, I guess he needed some trauma. Oh sure, yeah. So wait, not if only he did was, she need to like research a black guy that would have to be willing to come meet her white parents. Did she also have to find one who had a trauma or a weird addiction? Well, she would have. I assume she would have told her mother ahead of time all the secret stuff, all the private stuff that you know a boyfriend or a girlfriend would share with each other, so that she would know where the weak points are. You know. But not everybody has like a weak point. Like think of it this way. You don't believe in therapy at all, right? Yeah. So would you let anyone just do that? Would you talk, sit there and talk about your random ass problems with? No, I would not. See, uh, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be a good candidate for this kind of thing. Uh, so how did she do her research? That had to be fascinating. She had to find someone who she can vibe was already willing to share. I, I'm sure it wouldn't have had to have been as traumatic as the thing with uh, with with. Daniel Kaluuya's thing. I'm just imagining like you could have been a smaller to, like, thing. Walk around at galleries with other yuppies and being like, "Do you yeah. have issues with therapy?" I think. Well, before that, you noticed too that she really fastened on to the smoking thing. Yes. I think that would have been enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the whole mom thing was like an added, like value added, whatever bonus vulnerability. You know. Hmm. I mean, there's actually kind of a question. I, I, would, I don't know that the girlfriend knew the depth of his bad, like his guilt, you know, in a way. I don't know that he'd revealed that much, as, as much as the mom found out by putting him in a trance. Yeah, she definitely is more the brains of the operation. I'd oh, for sure. Yeah. Everything, I think she's more the brains even with the father, too. Well, the father's just a surgeon. He's just a, hand, you know, like yeah. the techni- technician, basically, yeah. Like, obviously, it actually is, whoa, that just, like, made a revelation to me. White women what what more, happened? White women are more dangerous to the safety of black men. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, because we do. We have a history of causing danger. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go and think about what you've done. <laughs> go and sit in the other room. <laughs> On, on behalf of your kind. <laughs> like, God damn us. Finally, like, <laughs> the, the, the white men get an out, get a breather. <laughs> no, see, what the white women do is we say, like, oh, the black guy tried to hit on me or something, and then you get the white people killing them. 
white guys killing. Well, that's that's the Emmett Till story. Yeah. Yeah. Which we found out that bitch was a fucking liar. So. Well, sure. Yeah. That's that's a thing that happened. I think repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's just the most famous case. Yeah. Yeah, that's immediately what like brought it to my mind. Where I was like, "Oh, the two most dangerous people in this family are actually the mother." But also, daughter. it was used, you know, by with racist laws like the the law that they got against that the that boxer Jack Johnson, because he had a white girlfriend, and he they went they crossed state lines, and he was he was you know convicted of like basically white slavery because he took her across state lines. Weird. And that that wasn't allowed. Yeah, yeah, because he was super, super successful, and they had to bring him down, and that's how they did it. Now oh, that's a fucked up story I've never heard before. Yeah, yeah, look it up, Jack Johnson. Yeah, he was right. he was this very flamboyant, extravagant kind of like he's kind of like the sports stars of today, but like a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's like one of these guys that would drive around in a fancy car and a fur coat, you know, and. And he, yeah, he's often with white women, and that's how they got him. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Let let let's throw white women under the bus. Awesome. I am for it. This white woman <laughs> is fine with it. Throw this us white... under the bus. <laughs> throw them all under the bus. It's almost like I feel like we could take one for the team. Like, yeah. We did shitty things too. Yeah. So you know the. The people that didn't like this movie, you know, this this sort of, I think this movie, I don't know if it started off the, this whole like anti woke thing, but it was definitely an early harbinger of it. You know, mm-hmm. was white people that were resentful of, like what they th- saw as being blamed for everything. Then this movie would have been used as an example. You know, probably yes. Yeah. Because, as Which I said, there was an onslaught of very, I, I, I don't want to know, say if it's like anti-white or whatever, but I would just say very true-seeming stories yeah. coming out. Yeah, this is, you know, this, and yeah, it's not an accident that all this stuff starts out, you know, in the, in the Trump years, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, the time, like, I think the 1619 project was a little bit after this. Mm-hmm. The 69 Project is what touched off the whole critical race theory business that's totally going strong now with, oh, you yeah. know, white legislatures all over the country passing laws saying you can't criticize anything, anything about American history <laughs> that says anything critical about slavery, basically, which is ludicrous. See... Like, that was just one of those things where I was having a conversation with a friend who's a teacher, and I was like, you can't pay me enough for that, because you, you would have to deal with that. You'd have to deal with parents who are like, you're not teaching enough classic white authors. Why do you replace it with James Baldwin? And Yeah, all you'd that. You have to listen to parents these days. But the thing is, you know, for, for decades and decades, you know, the the standard classroom textbooks are, like, written and distributed from Texas, just so fucked up. I was actually saying it. that um, <laughs> they would actually have uh, different editions for whatever like state yeah. they're going to. Yeah, but still, like the, this is where they're originating. So, like, 
I just think our education system is so weird because it's like you teach us everything until we're 18 and then those of us who decide to go to college, they're like, all right, all that was bullshit. A lot of it. Yeah. It's like, we lied to you. We're not sorry. Let's keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... I think this movie is sort of like the beginning of the cycle, the, the this these conflicts between you know whatever people that believe in some kind of fantasy white American history and the actual American history. Oh yeah. Uh, and I've this is this is just in the like the Great Awakening. <laughs> Yeah, I heard someone say that this is the movie that kick-started that, and I was like, are we going to call it that? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the word woke either, but like, I understand what the point of it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, but this, yeah, I think this is a movie that was definitely a key early touchstone, you know, as we say, like, whatever, five years ago, or whenever it, it opened. But then, yeah, so... This is uh, Jordan Peele's first movie. He followed it up with a, a movie called Us a few years later, which I think is even better than this. A lot of people didn't like it as much, but I like Us a lot, and I like the new one even better. I think I think he's it's I think he's wi- with each film. I think he's widening the the scope, and there's more nuance and more mystery. Like what I love about the new one, like Us, I don't remember quite as well anymore. It's been a few years, but. I remember there were things, just odd things that were not explained. And there's even more of that in Nope, you know? He seems like, to be expanding, like, the canvas or whatever you want to say. Yeah, much, because much that's more. what I, I was saying, like, my one, my sort of, not criticism, but the thing about re-watching Get Out is he, it's kind of diminishing returns because it's it's pretty didactic. And it's once you get the revelations, there's not any way to interpret things differently. You understand what the point of this movie is. And uh, if you're confused about that, then you're not really paying attention. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas in Nope, there are things in that movie that are completely kind of bizarre and they're just left there, left just left there to haunt you. Like all that shit with the chimpanzee, you know, in that movie. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There were so many strange elements to that movie. I, I thought it was fantastic. Which I loved. I think like, it was that's, like his best movie. It's so rare for a mainstream movie to go in in a bunch of on a bunch of different tangents and not tie them up in a bow, you know, and not not spoon feed shit to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And and yet he had all these tropes of like, like a you can see references to like a million horror and disaster movies in that movie, but he totally re collect put a new spin on everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was pretty into it, and but then you know Get Out is the beginning of all that, you know, which is great. Like it's a really good debut, but he only gets better as he goes. Yeah, some directors do that. I hope he continues to do that. I watched The Northman, finally, by the way, as we discuss directors who get better as they go. I don't oh, yeah. think Robert Eggers did as great of a job with The Northman as he did with The Witch in The Lighthouse. Oh, really? Yeah. I liked it a lot better than The Witch. A lot better. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, hate, I hate The Lighthouse. 
Okay, like, so you definitely would have liked the Northman better then. Yeah, I mean, I like the North. I thought, I I thought the Northman was a silly movie, but like, I just like the Northman. Like, it, it's actually a good good comparison or like a thing to bring up with Get Out because the Northman is the history of white people, basically. Yeah. You know, and it's you know it's prehistory for Hamlet, backstory for Hamlet, but it's basically a bunch of white angry people like doing mushrooms and beating the shit out of each other. You know what I love about saying <laughs> it's basically Hamlet is as I was first watching it, the intellectual side of me should have been like Hamlet, but instead I was like, ah oh, shit, Lion King. Really? Yeah. Then the intellectual side of me kicked in. I was like, Hamlet, sorry. <laughs> is the Lion King Hamlet too? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I don't know the Lion King. Lion King is, you know, I was too old when it came out to really know it. See, like that was like one okay. of the first cartoons I, I had seen. <laughs> I didn't even know that. The, that makes sense. That I mean, there's only so many stories, but yeah. No, I mean, uh, Northman is is uh, is emphatically. I mean, it's based on the same stuff that Hamlet is based on. That's where he took it from. Yeah. Um, uh, I also know that a lot of it is actually based off of. Uh, Oh my god! I totally, I totally it, it, a myth, Viking myth. Yeah, as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought, I thought the Northman was totally enjoyable, but like, <laughs> I feel like they underused some actors, and yeah. I feel like Alexander Skarsgård, who I love, like huge fan of him. He went a little too extreme. I Man, think. yeah, he he went full on Schwarzenegger in that one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like he just like made it like like I get you're supposed to be a fucked up savage barbarian Viking right now. I, I feel. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I totally enjoyed it, but like it's not like it's not as if I would put it on like in, in some pantheon of movies. But I think I think he totally accomplished what it set out to do for me at least. <laughs> I just think one Nicole Kidman's character. I think she did all right. She I think, did. I think that's one of the best things she's done in years. Definitely. Like I, I've been kind of disappointed twist. with her lately, like doing all those like all those HBO high end soap, soap operas that she's been doing. You know. See, I haven't even been watching that shit. She did a great job. I think yeah. in this movie. As but. a wicked, wicked witch. <laughs> that plot twist was amazing. I think that might yeah. have been my favorite part of the yeah. entire movie. Well, also, also Willem Dafoe having some fun in a, in a small role. Obviously, we've learned that uh, Robert Eggers has his favorites. He obviously likes Willem Dafoe. He likes, was it, Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah, she's been in all his movies now. I think he underused her, because there's yeah. a moment where she was saying like how... Um, I can't pronounce the uh, Viking's name. We're just going to say Alexander Skarsgård. That yeah. like he, he was obviously strong and he could like do cool shit, but she could actually fuck with people's minds, basically. Yeah. But then she didn't fuck with anyone's mind, except for that one hallucinogenic thing yeah. that she made. Well, she, I mean, she was definitely a supporting character. I was like, I don't know, I guess when she said that, I expected... It was Alexander's story. Let him have his story. He he did good. (laughs) I love Alexander, especially because I know you're not a fan of this show. What? But True Blood, he plays the character Eric Northman. 
who's a oh. vampire. <laughs> yeah, see, my yeah, my my ex loved that show, and I, I watched it a couple of times. And was like, this is super silly. He's a this good actor, though. Yeah, no, he's in a lot of stuff, but yeah, I've never seen him that built buff. You know, like he's he's kind of a skinny guy usually. Yeah, he's a tall, almost lanky guy. And yeah, in this, he's like full on like Schwarzenegger. A thing that most people don't know is that his brother is a guy that plays Pennywise in It. Oh yeah. Yeah, who looks actually a lot like him, which is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> is actually just like a skinnier version. <laughs> yeah. Than the skinny version that we're imagining. But What's yeah. his brother's name? It's a um, skeleton something. Well, I was going to say something Skarsgård. Yeah. Uh, which one are you? There's so many. Sc- Bill. His oh. brother's name is just Bill. Oh, no. I'm thinking about somebody else. Stellan Skarsgård is their father. Oh, that's their father. Okay. I knew there was a relation. Okay. Stellan Skarsgård is the father. All right. That yeah. makes sense. No, yeah. but Alexander Skarsgård is in a lot of stuff often playing kind of like creepy abusive guys. Well, that's that's one of his specialities. <laughs> I know he's also like, he's been built, I think, for the last couple of years for his most recent films because he's had to do like Tarzan and shit like that too. He was Tarzan? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even know there was a Tarzan movie. Yeah. When was that? That was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to say it's around the same time that Get Out was made. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, see, that's why it wasn't remembered, because everybody went to see Get Out instead. See, I didn't see Tarzan. <laughs> I have it on my list of movies oh, to see. Oh, really? I don't know if he was good in it or not. <laughs> God. Well, we will not be discussing uh, Tarzan on that horror cast. <laughs> I don't know if Tarzan would even count as a horror movie, but yeah. Well, we have very broad definitions, as as we've often mentioned. Yes, we do. Any we do pretty much anything we feel any any movie that we feel like talking about on this show is a horror movie now. Let's <laughs> just say that. <laughs> it horrified us in some way. Yeah. Like what well, isn't horrifying? I mean we could have a documentary on here, it'd be horrifying, you know, like Yeah, definitely. There's some horrifying documentaries out there. But yeah, I feel we got Everything covered with Get Out. I think White so. White people suck. Yeah, yeah, agreed. White people suck, especially the, their women. The, yes. the women of, of the white people. White women. Are... <laughs> <laughs> under uh, the bus. Each and every, each and every one of you. Under the bus. Know that we deserve it, okay? You're horrible. Think about what you've done. Mm-hmm.